Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast, the second day of May 2022. Happy May the 2nd. May the 2nd be with you. You know, Star Wars Day is coming up, and I don't know why it just occurred to me. I will forget about it uh, when it actually is May the 4th. Anyway, appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend, all that good stuff. Really do appreciate, most of all, going to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast helping uh, the show out, showing some love. Five bucks a month subscription gets you extra, extra content, all sorts of goodies. Uh, Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. Uh, again, I didn't watch the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I'll, uh, I'll watch it today and maybe talk about it tomorrow, watch some of it today. I just, I just can't bring myself to care about what a bunch of liberals talk about when liberals get together. That's called every day television show in the country also i uh i took the weekend off so i haven't read this uh, article this hit job on tucker carlson yet from the new york times except to say that uh the things i've seen about it on twitter seem like garbage it's not the tucker i know so i'll get into that tomorrow as well it's going to be a kind of a short show because i got a lot of stuff to do before the week starts so let's start the show oh, by the way the winner of the signed book will be announced at the end of the program as well as the new book that is up for grabs, along with the returning non-champion. So we got to stay tuned for that. Now we'll start the show. But I'm sitting here getting ready to record, and somebody I saw somebody tweet something about, oh, you got to see this video, You got this is important, blah, blah, blah. The details are not relevant. So I click on the link. I'm like, oh, I'd like to see what this is, because this could be important. And you have to go through 15 steps. Would you like to sign up for our newsletter? No. How about you log into your account? I don't have an account. You can create an account. I don't want to create an account. Well, you have to create an account in order to read this. Why do I have to create an account according to read? Because you do. That's just how it is. We make the rules, and there you go. All right, just give us an email, and we'll let you in. Give them an email, and then now you got to create a password. Like, now I forget what the hell this article was about. But I'm annoyed that I have to close the, I don't want your, you know, I don't want your pop-up ad. They got rid of pop-up ads, and now they have in-browser ads that you have to get rid of. Have you noticed that garbage? So you're sitting there, and you finally get to the article, and you're like, "Eh, you know what, this is poorly written crap, and it was oversold. I'm just not interested in this. And that's just the world that we live in now. Every well, I understand it's a trade-off. Everything is free. So you have to be, you are the product. They are selling you this stuff. But you shouldn't make it so you can't get to the damn content. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. It shouldn't be this hard. It shouldn't be this annoying. It's like like checking out at a, at a grocery store where they're like, oh, would you like to round up and give to charity? No, I'm good. You sure? How about you just give uh, some some money to charity? No, I'm good. Is this a retail? Ex- is this a commercial exchange, or is this, you know, Santa ringing a bell outside of a Walmart at Christmas time? Which is this? Okay, I give you the money, then you bundle it all together, and you say we, uh, Big Mart, donated five million dollars to charity no you didn't you took our money and you bundled it together and you you got the tax write-off and we got the feels okay 
Because nobody's going to go, I need a receipt for that 50 cents I just donated to charity. I'm going to definitely itemize that on my taxes. What's it? The TurboTax won't even let you enter change. So, you know, like, you're out of luck. But the company, boy, howdy, will they do that. It's the same thing. Go to such and such a thing uh, when they were, they seem to have stopped doing this. But they were raising money, they, at least Fox was, for uh, the Red Cross. Or not for the for Red Cross for relief for Ukraine, right? Like, oh, come on. Go to, uh, it was either redcross.com slash foxnews or foxnews.com slash redcross or something. Go go through us. And it's like, why? Why? You just go to the Red Cross. If you want to give money to the Red Cross, go to the Red Cross. Well, because it filters through the corporation, they get PR value out of it. There's probably some sort of tax thing that they get for facilitating it. And you go, are you doing this because you really believe in the cause or are you doing this because you believe you need a bigger tax deduction? I don't know what the answer is, but I know I'm cynical enough to ask the question. And that's what I think differentiates this program from everything else is the cynicism. Because cynicism, you sit there and you go, oh, it's so cynical. How often have you seen a cynical person be wrong? Hmm? And you're always pleasantly surprised when we're wrong. So, you know, it's a good thing when we're wrong. And it's not like, oh, man, damn it. I was really hoping that cynical guy who said that we were all getting ripped off and scammed was right. No, you're like, oh, well, thank God the cynical person was wrong. Doesn't happen very often because life is deserving of it. But, uh, you know, life is deserving of the cynicism. Anyway, <clears throat> let's get on with this, shall we? I've got a, a lot of audio I want to get to. We've got uh, eastbound and down. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. So let's get there. Where do I want to start? Let's start off with uh, the president of the United States and the economic numbers. I almost went to Joy Reid. We've got some hilarious Joy Reid audio. And Lawrence O'Donnell, two of the people who really think they are the smartest people in the room, no matter what, who else is in the room. And that may be true. It is true only when they are the only one else is in the room and there is not like a single cell amoeba around. But uh, the president of the United States deserves our attention first because we've got uh, the numbers for the first quarter of the economy and they're not good. 1.4% shrinkage. <clears throat> yes, shrinkage, all you Seinfeld fans out there. Go ahead, get the giggling out of the way. But he uh, he has to polish this turd. He has to try to pretend that this isn't a big deal. And him and Ginger Goebbels, boy, howdy, they can lie. It's amazing how they have this innate ability to find the BS in anything. Some people can find the hope in anything. These Democrats can find the BS in anything. Actually, let's let's start off with uh, with Ginger Goebbels trying to spin the GDP shrinkage because this is a this is a piece of work. She's much better at it than than Joe is. Joe, yeah, he's not all there. You can't expect him. He's not going to bring his A game. Look, when he was at the height of his powers, which admittedly was you know the mid sixties in IQ. Back in the 1980s, he could lie with the best of them. Now, he'd get caught, the old Neil Kinnock lie that cost him his 1988 presidential bid is an example. Everything he said in that tirade against the guys, I bet I'm much higher IQ than you do. I bet everything in there. Got a scholarship to law school, didn't. 
didn't have a very high IQ. Finished in the top of my class, finished in the bottom 10th of his class. I mean, nothing that he said about himself was was true, but boy, howdy, could he lie with conviction. And sadly, for politicians, that's all you really need to be able to do, or you at least definitely need to be able to do that. You might have to be able to do a little bit more, but if you can lie with conviction with a smile and a twinkle in your eye, you're already at least 90% of the way home. And Joe Biden, even before the hair plugs, had that smile and the, as my mother would have called it the feces eating grin and you go wow I'd, now he's got like the whitest teeth on the planet I don't know what he got caps I don't think he got bleach I think he got caps and it's just like wow dude that is you look like the mask you look like Jim Carrey in the mask with those teeth and he's always smiling like look, I spent a lot of hunters money on these things this is like five hookers and a pound of cocaine on display in my mouth. So I've got to show them off or Hunter will be mad. Anyway, Ginger Gerbil, let's get back to Ginger Gerbils talking about the, uh, the GDP shrinkage. Listen to her explanation as to why it's not really bad news. 1.4% shrinkage. Is not a contraction, not a not a bad thing, not a bad thing at all, because there's good stuff in there too. So, um, GDP, which is what that's a measure of, measures a couple of different uh, components of economic data: consumption, investment, uh, inventory, and exports. On a, a number of these uh, these uh, data components, um, we had very positive signs in this same set of data, including uh, consumption. Consumer spending was up by about 2.5 percent on investment business investment, residential investment, both up uh, as well. And on exports, the number was down, but that is largely because our economy is doing better than many economies around the world. So while we were purchasing a lot of goods from other countries, there wasn't the same capacity to purchase our goods. That, that, is, uh, that is why that number was, was lower. <laughs> you got to admire you got it. She is right up there with Daniel LaRusso, the karate kid with trying to wax on, wax off and polish that turd. She really she's going to be a karate kung fu expert by the end of this. God bless you, Ginger Goebbels. You'll be missed when you go to MSNBC. But uh, she, I love it. Uh, look, here's, there's good news in there, too. Consumer spending was up. Hey, uh, Ginger, <clears throat> there's this thing called inflation, right? I mean, you're just talking about dollar value. Something cost you $10 last month. It cost you $12 this month. And it's the same thing. You've increased your spending. You got nothing more to show for it. Actually, you got less to show for it because you've you've lost $2 that you would have had a month before. But to sit there and say that's a sign of a healthy economy, not, uh, not really. Not, inflation is why consumer spending is up. It's not like consumers just got piles of cash. If you look year over year, consumers got an 8% pay cut because of your inflation. So to sit there and say, yeah, people are spending wildly. Either they're doing so on massive credit cards or they're doing so to the detriment of their ability to purchase other things or save money because of inflation. The dollar going much uh, not as far as it once did. Uh, 
That's kind of an important factor, but they, they leave that out because, like I said, she's Daniel LaRussoing, the karate kidding, this turd, try and polish it. And, oh, the our exports were down because nobody has any money to buy our stuff. Well, is is that really a selling point? Yeah, we imported a bunch of stuff from China. They always leave the from China part off. We imported, but our exports were, the, the, the exports being down means that there's a bigger trade deficit between the United States and the rest of the world. And she just doesn't want to say that because that, that would be impolitic. It would be bad for Democrats, it would be bad for Joe Biden to sit there and sort of say, well, you know, the rest of the world isn't buying our stuff. Instead, they go, the rest of the world can't afford to buy our stuff. Well, the end result is the same. American businesses not being able to continue to grow or even maintain where they were before because the rest of the world isn't buying our stuff. Does it really matter? The, people are, if you own a, a car lot, right, and nobody's buying your cars, aside from so you can correct it, do you care why nobody's buying your cars? If you did a study, so nobody's buying your cars because they don't like your sales force. All right, you could maybe change your sales force. But if nobody's buying your cars because they don't, they just don't like cars, period. Not much you can do about that. The end result is the same. You're going broke to sit there and say, well, we're not selling things overseas because they can't afford it. We don't know that to be the, the case. But even if that is the case, that doesn't bode well for us, especially when you look at the international data and you realize that inflation is hitting the United States harder than it's hitting Western Europe, harder than it's hitting almost every other country. I think every other country. Significantly harder. Oh, they're all dealing with inflation, but nobody's at 8.5%. I think the closest is 6.5%. And two full percentage points makes a different difference. So to listen to her try and spin this is, uh, I don't know, That's it's like uh, gymnastics-worthy bending, yogi sort of bending here, twisting the truth. That's what they do. That's who these people are. Now we come to the leader of the pack, Joe Biden. If you felt bad about what Ginger Goebbels had to say about your economic prospects going forward, you ain't heard nothing yet. The master steps up to the microphone. It's one of those times where he is glassy-eyed. He spends a lot of time, if you see this video, he spends a lot of time looking down at notes, desperately scrambling. Now, we're, I get it. For specific numbers, you want to be able to reference the specific numbers if you're going to do it. But he doesn't really. He's looking down for the basics, the gist of what he's saying, because what he says are just sort of basic things, gists of things, uh, which is really sad. You should really only refer, as president of the United States, you should really only refer to notes for the very specific numbers that nobody would really expect you to have. Like, and uh, the economy grew at 4.35%. Uh, like, yeah, nobody's going to expect you to have that. It'd be nice if you had that at your uh, disposal. But you look down and you, you get it. We understand that. But you shouldn't be looking down for the the economy grew at part you should have a pretty good con grasp of the concept about which you're talking. And Joe doesn't. 
Joe Biden's face is buried in his notes this whole damn time. Swear to God. Listen to him as he starts rambling about, he's asked whether or not he he fears recession. And he doesn't fear recession, but he worries about recession. (laughs) You can't make this up. A recession, given the GDP report today, showed a contraction of 1.4% in the fourth quarter. Well, I'm I'm not concerned about a recession. I mean, you're always concerned about a recession, but the GDP, you know, fell to 1.4%. But here's the deal. We also had last quarter consumer spending and business investment and residential investment increased at significant rates, both for leisure as well as hard products. Again, that's inflation, Joe. It's infl- I guess, I mean, you can say that if you're going to hang your hat on, look, consumers are spending more than ever, then congratulations. You can't really grouse about high gas prices then because, hey, consumers are spending more at the pump than they ever had before. Eh? You see, you give it a new context, the same concept, and suddenly it doesn't seem so good. <laughs> you got to love, I'm not worried about recession, but I am. You got to be worried about recession. So which is it? Are you aware? Are you aware, Mr. President? Are you aware that your name isn't President and uh, you're actually President of the United States? That your last name isn't President? I give you my word as President, as a as a President. Un- unbelievable watching this guy work, and well, sort of work, but to sit there. No, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about it at all. But I am worried. But you got to know that uh, consumer spending is way up. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's up about 8%, 8.5% over where it was last year. It's like saying, look, the grocery store industry is doing gangbusters right now. Look at the, the re- gross receipts from your average grocery store, and you could tell about the health of an economy by the health of their grocery stores. And boy, howdy, the revenues to the grocery stores are through the roof. Like, yeah. For the same stuff, people are paying about 25% more. So their you know, gross receipts are up about 25%. Their costs are up about 25% too, though, Joe. So the profits, meh. They might have even taken a bit of a nosedive because some people can't afford to pay 25% more for stuff. Just saying. But hey, man, when you when you got nothing else, when you've got nothing else, you go with the big lie. And the bigger the lie, the, the more likely it is that a Democrat, when they're telling it, will another Democrat will believe it. So Joe continues here rambling about the recession. Remember, it's, you know, it's a consumer spending is up and blah, 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 all the spin that they're doing. And he's not worried about a recession, but he is worried about a recession. <laughs> he's just getting started, folks. A recession, given the GDP report today, showed a contraction of 1.4% in the fourth quarter. Well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not concerned about a recession. And, I mean, you're always concerned about uh, a recession, but the GDP you know, fell to 1.4%. But here's the deal. We also had last quarter consumer spending and business investment and residential investment increased at significant rates, both for leisure as well as hard products. What the hell was that? I'm in the middle of this talk about the, this is, you know, what he said. He goes right to, well, I think Republicans and Tim, do you pick on the black guy? What do you pick on the black guy for, Joe? 
Huh? Uh, Republicans want to raise taxes on the middle class. Where is this piece of, where is this mythical piece of legislation that uh, Democrats are using as their talking point? Because he's not the first person I've heard say that. Republicans want to raise taxes on the middle class. How? Where? where? Point to a bill number. Every bill is given a number. Show me the bill where Republicans are raising taxes on the middle class. There is no such bill. It's asinine. The closest thing I could come up with that he's talking about here is the SALT deduction, the state and local tax deduction. If you live in a high-tax state, you uh, used to be able to deduct all of the the taxes you paid in that state from your federal income taxes so you'd save you money it empowered blue states democrat states with high taxes because the the people who live there they don't necessarily really feel the high taxes of the state because they're able to lop that off their their federal taxes well the trump tax cuts got rid of that so people who live in low tax or no tax states red states they are not subsidizing the rich blue states anymore. See, the rich blue states used to get all these subsidies. We'll pick up the slack. Everybody, you guys get to write off your taxes. We don't because, well, we do too, but our tax rates are really low or non-existent. So we're not getting the same benefit. We're not getting to deduct that from our federal income taxes like Florida has no state income tax, so there's nothing to deduct in the SALT deduction. But New York, California, they've got enormous tax rates. So they can tax the hell out of their citizens, and then the citizens don't really pay those taxes fully. So they don't really feel the crush of it. It's a lot like Medicaid. States love Medicaid spending because they can give a dollar's worth of benefits for 50 cents worth of cost to the state because the federal government will pick up the rest. So that, I don't know. That's the only thing I can fathom that Joe is talking about because, but it's not as though there's a piece of legislation that would eliminate the SALT deduction. It's actually the law right now. Democrats want to change that. Democrats want to give a tax cut to wealthy Democrats in Democrat states by restoring the SALT deduction. Because you can write off $10,000 of your state and local taxes now. That's the cap, $10,000. Did you pay $10,000 in state income tax? You got to make quite a bit of money to pay $10,000 in state income taxes in most states. Do you not? Did you pay $10,000? You probably didn't. So... Joe Biden is just lying there or he's confused. That's one of the things you have to recognize with Joe. You never know whether he's just lying or confused because he's been stupid long before he's been senile. So it could be a combination of the two. It could be one or, or the other one. Anyway, he wasn't done because he's never done. Now, we're, you always have to be uh, take a look. And no, no one is predicting a recession now. They're predicting, or some are predicting there may be a recession in 2023. Um, I'm concerned about it, but I know one thing that, uh, you know, if our Republican friends are really interested in doing something about dealing with uh, economic growth, and they should help us continue to lower the deficit, which we've done last year over $350 billion. (laughs) 
I'm not worried about it, but I am worried about it because some people are saying there could be a recession next year, and I'm worried about that one. Really? Because you got one quarter of negative growth. It only takes two consecutive to be a recession. So you kind of should be a little bit concerned about a recession, Joe. But all oh, the Republicans really want to do that. They sh- they, Republicans are helping you lower the deficit, Joe. They're blocking all of your spending plans. All right? It's like punching your wife. I punched my wife 10 times in the face last year. But in the previous year, I punched her 20 times in the face. So I have reduced the deficit, uh, the moral deficit of punching my wife in the face by 50%, ladies and gentlemen. Where's my parade, huh? Where's my parade? You spent more money than any entity has ever spent in the history of history in one piece of legislation, your so-called COVID relief bill. And now you're going, all right, well... We haven't been able to spend as much as I want this time. But hey, we've reduced the deficit. Yeah, the national debt's still going up. So $330 billion. I don't think that number is correct. It's certainly not. He still wants five more trillion dollars in spending. That's going to come with a hefty deficit cost. But to say, oh, well, we've cut the deficit, we've slashed the deficit is to say, well, last year, I made $100,000, but I spent $200,000. This year I made $100,000, but I only spent $150,000. I'm so fiscally responsible, I can't stand it. I can't stand it, I'm so fiscally responsible. I have cut $50,000. Okay, you're still racking up $50,000 in debt. Now you're you're $150,000 in debt, okay? Do you, do you want a cookie for that, Joe? And actually, he probably would want a cookie for that. Then he wraps it up. Here's your president. They should be willing to work with us to have a tax code that is actually one that uh, um, works and everybody pays their fair share. And they should be uh, in a a position where uh, uh, you shouldn't be raising taxes on middle class folks. You should be raising taxes on people who... Everyone acknowledges that the vast majority of Republicans aren't paying their fair share. <laughs> Everybody acknowledges that people, you know, in the highest tax bracket aren't paying their fair share. Who? Who are these people that aren't Democrats? Even Republicans, the vast majority. Well, if everybody, then it would be every Republican, would it not? It wouldn't just be the vast majority of Republicans. But even if it is just the vast majority of Republicans, where are they? I cannot find these statements of the vast majority or really any Republicans going, these rich people need to pay more. We need to screw over the people who are hiring people. That's what we really need to do. The few people who are daring to invest in anything these days really need to get a good old sock in the nose and a kick in the crotch. He's our president, ladies and gentlemen. 81 million people (coughs) voted for him. All right. Now, let's talk about Joe Biden's dementia for a second, shall we? Because Joe Biden has dementia. I want to play you this audio of the president of the United States talking about Russian oligarchs. You may have heard this before. But talking about Russian oligarchs, and see if you can make sense of it. You really can't. You feel bad for the guy that they're putting him out there like this. And he kind of laughs it off. And they always try and brush it off as, well, you know, he had a stutter as a kid. Okay, yeah, he had a stutter as a kid. He's almost 80. 
that doesn't explain right now. But listen to him talk about Russian oligarchs talking about seizing their boats and and their mansions and everything and like what their crime is we kind of like due process in this country at least we used to their crime is being rich russians i haven't seen a case made against any of them i guess we're supposed to just accept the fact that these are rich russians but curiously the rich russians connected to hunter aren't making the list of sanctioned Russian oligarchs, like the the wife of the former mayor of Moscow that wired Hunter three and a half million dollars for reasons unknown, so far has avoided sanctions. It's amazing how they've avoided sanctions and those things. But listen to the president of the United States. See if you can figure out what the hell he's talking about. Of, uh, that will enhance our underlying effort to accommodate the Russian oligarchs uh, and make sure we take their take their their ill begotten gains. We're going to accommodate them. We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy and the guys who are the kleptocracies. (laughs) But these are bad guys. These are bad guys. Why? How? Tell us how. Show us the evidence. This ill-begotten, it's not ill-begotten gains. If you begot somebody, you slept with them, okay? You had sex with them. So-and-so begat such-and-such. Read the Bible, you devout Catholic. Begat, begat, begat. That is intercourse. Uh, Ill-gotten gains are gains that came about through criminal activity. Not ill-begotten gains, more you've you're 80 years old you've you've no idea to string forget this the stutter thing you don't know the meaning of words you don't get how this stuff works we've seized their their luxury homes and their yachts and everything wow we've seized one yacht so far as i can tell because the vast majority of russian oligarchs haven't really been sanctioned yet for curious reasons But if somebody is out there and they're ill-gotten gains rather than they just happen to be rich Russians, lay out the case. How did these people get rich? We do have to maintain our sense of law, our legal system. We're supposed to. You can be all for it. All right, you show me how they've stolen money or they're totally corrupt and blah. Okay, and why is that a crime in the United States? Are they propping up Putin? I'm down with it. But forgive me if I don't take your word for it, Joe. Forgive me if I don't take your... Well, I guess we can't take your word for it because nobody knows what the hell you're actually trying to say, which is sadder and scarier. I want to shift gears and I want to talk about... um, I'm going to play you some audio from MSNBC, Joy Reid. You can see why she lost half of her audience. So pathetic, so sad. Her and Lawrence O'Donnell, I believe they both went to Harvard, you'll see. And so they're both way more smarter than we is. Just ask them. That's the thing about people from Harvard, is they find a way to weave it in that they went there into every conversation. Well, this is a, it's a pretty good cup of soup. It is a good cup of soup. It reminds me of the soup we had uh, when I was at Harvard. Did I mention I went to Harvard? Yeah, you did. We're talking about soup, not you, you narcissistic weirdo. Anyway, Joy Reid had Lawrence O'Donnell on the other day, and they were complaining about all these pieces of legislation 
that have passed the House of Representatives, which the Democrats control by quite a few votes, that are languishing in the United States Senate because they always say because of the filibuster rule. This is what's amazing about it is they I don't know. Maybe they don't know. There's a possibility that these people are this dumb that they don't recognize this. But they grouse all the time. And that's what Joy Reid is doing in this clip. She's grousing about Republicans in general because they're all racist, even even the black ones. And she's also complaining about Kirsten Cinema, New Jer- uh, Arizona Democrat, and Joe Manchin, West Virginia Democrat. She's complaining about them obstructing the Democrats getting their way. Now, what's funny about this is the Senate is 50-50. If you have two Democrats and every Republican refusing to vote for something, thereby voting against it, that's 52 to 48. Even Joy Reid should be able to recognize that that is a majority in opposition to what Democrats want to do. But she's counting on her audience being stupid, and maybe she's just as stupid. But listen, that's what she's that's what she's arguing there is that a majority of the United States Senate is denying the House of Representatives what they want. And that's somehow undemocratic is she doesn't say it that way. She makes it seem as though this Democrat will is being obstructed in the United States Senate rather than rejected by it because a majority of senators said no. None of those things are law, and none of them are likely to become law, despite Democrats narrowly controlling both branches of the federal legislature and the White House. Why? Because one or two senators can literally shut down every one of those things over the will of hundreds of representatives in the House, which has passed most of the things I just mentioned. And without 60 senators' approval, 327 million Americans cannot have nice things. Oh, And one of our two viable political parties planned an actual insurrection and are probably going to do it again. I'm probably going to do it again. She's so dumb. One or two senators can't hold things up. See, because there's 100 senators. If you have one or two senators, you have 99 or 98 senators, depending upon how many you actually have. Therefore, it would pass over a filibuster. It would be a veto-proof majority by a lance. It would be a ton of senators. So it's not one or two senators. What she's talking about there, the one or two senators, is Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, Democrats, who refuse to go along with the Democrats changing the rules on the filibuster so that they can simply impose their will on the people the way that Bill Clinton imposed himself, his will, on all those women. That is to say she's complaining that a majority of the United States Senate is saying no not complaining that they're not getting their way because they haven't convinced enough senators. She's complaining because she just hasn't gotten her way. This is what democracy looks like. Well, actually, <laughs> that is what democracy looks like. You might want to look at it. I understand that you don't have reflective surfaces in your house for obvious reasons there, Joy. But uh, some reflective surfaces, some surfaces where you can sit and reflect and maybe just do some math. This isn't complicated math. Uh, It's whole numbers and it's only 100. Everyone is a percent. Think of it in those terms. 52% of the United States Senate is in opposition, stark opposition to the Democrats' agenda. Then she brought in Lawrence 
O'Donnell. Lawrence O'Donnell is, he hates being called Larry. Larry O'Donnell is one of the most arrogant people you will ever meet in your entire life. He floats between Los Angeles, where he serves in Hollywood as a consultant. On He was on shows like The West Wing. Anything political related, there's a good chance that Larry O'Donnell is um, a part of it, getting a taste of it, wetting his beak, because he's the go-to for Democrats. He's the Hollywood MSNBC person. Like, oh, well, make sure this script makes sense. Send it over to Larry O'Donnell with a with $50,000 check. See if he can punch it up. That's who he is. He doesn't understand how our country works either. It's astonishing. Listen to him. And so you look at the United States now and 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 you say, well, we're not we certainly are not governing as a country. Right. Uh, so w- w- the governable question uh, is clearly one that that begins with we're not governing. Yeah. So on, a, on something like abortion, mm-hmm. the notion that. Well, you know, in some states you have certain rights and in other states you have you don't have the same rights is the kind of thing that literally defines different countries. Right. You know, that's right. why there's a Luxembourg and a Belgium. Right. Instead of let's just put them all together. Right. You know, and yeah. Larry doesn't seem to understand for all of his self-proclaimed genius that the states made the federal government. The federal government didn't make the states. That it is a union of states. The Ninth and Tenth Amendments are written in such a way that even somebody with the uh, obvious mental deficiencies of a Lawrence O'Donnell could read it and understand what's going on. But it's the the foundation of our government. The states are independent. The states have rights. Of course, we started butchering that the turn of the last century with the direct election of United States senators when they were supposed to represent the state governments and not the people. Now they're at whim of the people, so on and so forth. You get all of that. But just to sit there and go, well, it's like we, it's like these states have these, yeah, you know, different states have different speed limits. Different states have different, all sorts of laws. It's amazing. Some states have the death penalty and other states don't. How is this concept new to you? Larry, what planet have you been living on? But he wasn't done professing his ignorance to the very small audience over at Joy Reid's show. And and not, but it's not just that. It's this other thing that's been with us forever that no one even notices as uniquely peculiar to the United States of America. How much your tax burden is depends on where you live. Right. It depends on the state government that, that you live under. And there are states that have no income tax, there are states that have much higher sales taxes, states with higher property taxes, there are taxes. And that's that's the, uh, another thing that defines elsewhere in the world, Different separate countries, countries right, right. you know. And, uh, and, and so the, we have these really peculiar things that have developed because we have these 50 different governments within the federal government that make this place behave as more than one country and then always but then always we must live under this sort of faith and declaration that we are one country and i say it is both a declaration and true and it's a law but there's also a faith element to it my god how do you do there are different tax rates This is, to put it, well, they're not like this, but it's an analogy that works. Liberals, progressives are like OCD neat freaks 
who walked into a really big house that not every room is used, right? There's some mansion, some Hollywood mansion. It's a 50-room mansion, but they really only use like four rooms. And they'd be fine. They never have to go into the rest of the house. They're guests in the house. It's not there. They don't own the house. But the fact that there is something that could be out of place in one of the other rooms that they don't go into, or they're in a hotel or whatever, they, they can't stand the fact that something's dirty somewhere, that something's out of place somewhere. Lawrence O'Donnell lives between New York and Los Angeles. It's everything that he wants. It's all the oppressive government and incredibly high taxes that he wants. You, you want an abortion? Go get one. Here, the, the government will throw you money. He can't stand that Mississippi exists in the way Mississippi exists. He wants to be able to control Mississippi. He looks at New York and Los Angeles as perfect. And he says, why Mississippi is flawed. Rather than just go, well, Mississippi's Mississippi. I don't live there, so what the hell do I care what they do in Mississippi? He can't stand the concept that Mississippi exists. That's kind of the problem. That's the mentality of these people. Oh, there are other states. with Yeah, there are. All right. If you don't like the state laws that you have, you like, for example, what, 400,000 people left New York City during the pandemic. Most of them went to Texas or Florida. That's voting with their feet. That's voting with their wallets. They go, well, we're getting an effective tax rate of 17 percent or whatever it is. And go down to Florida. And what? There's no federal or no state income tax. What the hell? Why haven't I been living here? Well, it's because you voted for those idiots who impose that stuff. Don't vote for those idiots down in Florida. They exist. They're just not voted into power. So don't vote for them. And they're sitting there going, I don't understand why people are moving. Why are people leaving? Well, because they can. Democrats want to make sure you can't flee anywhere. That if you live in New York, you can't flee to Tennessee where there is no state income tax. Not by lowering the state income tax in New York not by being fiscally responsible in New York, but by polluting Tennessee. They want to make sure that Tennessee is just as unappealing to live in as New York is, right? That's a bizarre way of doing that. It is, you know, not working to improve yourself. Say you're in a foot race, you're in in the 100-meter dash in the Olympics. And instead of really working hard to become faster, You spend a lot of time trying to find underhanded, diabolical ways to make everybody else slower. I guess technically you could win that way. It's not really in keeping with the spirit of the the competition. Uh, But this is the progressivism. It is don't. It's like look at the school system. Oh, there are advanced curriculums in these schools, but they're favoring Asian kids. We must punish Asian kids. Well, how about you raise the standards for everybody else, and you don't accept bad teachers going? Well, I'm doing the best I can. Billy can name seventeen genders. He just can't read them if you put them on a piece of paper. Instead of accepting that, say no. We expect more from the kids. Therefore, we expect more from you. And if you are unable to provide more. We invite you to leave. Nope, that's not the way Democrats view it. They want to ruin everything. And that somebody out there isn't ruined bothers them. It's a neurosis. It's a sign of a, a sociopath, almost. 
All right, that is all for today. I'm going to end it early. I've been going like an hour, hour and a half last, well, actually an hour and a half, not even like an hour. Hour is where I'd like to be. So I've been going like an hour and a half. This one's a little short because it is the weekend. There's rain rolling in, and i got to try and kill some dandelions before that happens. The winner of the book, the autographed book this week, is the uh, I'm a Gregory Santis. Congratulations, Gregory Santis. Check your uh, Patreon messages, and you will see that I have asked you for your address. Now, the, the congratulations. You're getting Gosnell, uh, signed by both, Fella McLear and Ann McEnany. Uh, we've got, this week, Brad Thor returns, of course. You can win, Brad, you know, Code of, of Conduct, first edition. Brad Thor, or this is going to be a little different. It's not a book. It is a book plate. A long time ago, not that long ago, but like two years, three years ago, whenever this book came out, Brian Kilmeade sent me a signed copy of his book, Andrew Jackson and the Miracle of New Orleans, as well as like a, a envelope, not full of, there were like four or five signed book plates, specifically Brian Kilmeade book plates for the book. So if you... You want a Brian Kilmeade autograph, and you have a copy of Andrew Jackson and the Miracle of New Orleans, or you want to buy a copy. I think you probably buy a copy on Amazon for like four bucks used. You can get this. You'll see it. It's a signed book plate sticker. You peel the back and you put it right in your book for uh, Brian Kilmeade, Andrew Jackson, and the Miracle of New Orleans. Because I'm, I'm, I'm out of uh, signed Brian Kilmeade books, I think, right now. So this is as close as you can get. So congratu- well, good luck on that. You get to choose. So if you don't want Brian Kilmeade book plate, you can get Brad Thor signed in the book. There you go. Go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. That's the only way to win. That and... Well, straight up bribery, but other than that, I'd probably just sell you the thing. Have a great Monday. We'll be back here tomorrow. See you then.